The theme chosen for today comes from today's gospel. So we have to leave aside for today that great story, or terrible and great story of David's sin and his repentance. Comes out in the first reading, and the great psalm of repentance is what we sang, create a clean heart in me. As important as those are, we leave them aside because we don't have time to do everything. We're going to focus on this gospel, and especially on this theme, the two questions that Jesus asks in the gospel. Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? Now, that's, you see that on the, on the song sheet, and there's a picture of the apostles in the boat, which is completely swamped. It's filled up with water already. The sails are all destroyed. And there's Jesus sleeping very peacefully. In the gospel, it says he was sleeping in the stern. In this picture, he's sleeping in the bow. But anyway, you get the idea. You get the idea that... Is this working? You get the idea that uh, there's a, con a contrast between what Jesus is experiencing and what everybody else is experiencing. And so, you know the story. It's a terrible storm. The apostles get to the point where they are, are completely helpless. They finally turn to Jesus, and their first words to him are, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They don't ask him to help them. They act as if he can't do anything. But their main complaint is that he doesn't care. Here you're going to die with us and you don't even care. You're not even helping us bail out the, the water out of the boat or, or rescue the sails. Do you not care? And then Jesus immediately gets up, rebukes the wind, calms the sea, quiet be still, the wind ceases, there's great calm, no more waves. Everything is solved already. The problem is over. And that's when Jesus asks these questions, which are today's theme, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? Kind of negative, isn't it? I mean, do we want to think about being why we're terrified? And the implication of the second question, do you not yet have faith, seems to be that no, you don't have faith yet. It's kind of a negative way of thinking about it. But let's, let's reflect on this a moment. It, the, one of the striking things is that Jesus asks these questions after the problem is already over, as if to imply even after they have seen him work this extraordinary miracle, they still are, they're still in terror, and they still don't have faith. Well, we understand why they were terrified before, because they were about to drown and their ship was going to go down. The question, though, is not only addressed to the apostles drowning in the sea, the question is addressed to everybody. Why are you terrified? You don't have to look very far to see why people are terrified in our times. There are plenty of reasons. And depending on who you talk to, uh, they, people will bring up one answer or another. Maybe if you talk to someone who's concerned about the climate crisis, they will say, look at what's happening in the environment. It's terrifying. There's even a, a new condition I, I read about recently that 
is afflicting a lot of young people. It's a psychological condition they call climate anxiety. I've never heard of that before, but climate anxiety. People are so caught up in the concern that we're, we're going to exterminate ourselves by ruining the environment that people are living in anxiety. And then there's a kind of chain reaction in people who have this terror. Since the climate is being destroyed, there's going to be a shortage of food. And because there's a shortage of food, there's going to be violent conflict. And because there's violent conflict, there's going to be no place to go and no food. And the world is going to be in chaos, maybe tomorrow or the next day. And so we live in anxiety. That's one version of why we are terrified. Another version, if you talk to people who are more technologically oriented, is the fear of the artificial intelligence. Maybe you've heard or read about these concerns. I haven't heard much about it here in the Philippines, but it's all over the web, that the computers are going to take over the world and you can't tell the difference between what's generated by the AI and what's really true. And if those powerful technological weapons get into the hands of the wrong people, it's going to be chaos. Or if you want to look at the health of the human family, you can be terrified about the next pandemic since the last one was so bad and everybody's saying the next one's going to be worse. Okay, terrified. Or if you want to look at the peace and order situation in the world, you know that wars have sprung up in, in Ukraine and in Israel and Gaza and they're on, on the verge of war in China, Taiwan, North Korea and, and all over parts of Africa, especially the eastern part of Africa there. Okay, why are you terrified? Well, just pick your reason you can come up with. And those are all just the global reasons. What about people's personal experience of being terrified? Could be health, could be finance, it could be family issues, marriage crisis, could be anything. Why are you terrified? Oh, lots of reasons. That's not the end of the gospel though. <laughs> the question of why people are terrified. We don't have to look very far, you don't have to think very much about it. We're naturally afraid of a lot of things. Well, now what? Do you not yet have faith? The questions themselves put together the problem and the solution. The problem is easy. We've got all these things that are out of our control, weather, uh, war, disease. And the answer is faith. The apostles in the boat apparently did not yet have faith, and that's why Jesus rebuked them. Even after he already calmed the storm, he says, do you not yet have faith? Faith is, is yes, believing in what we cannot see, but it's also based on what we have already seen. It's not irrational. You're not just pretending that there's no problem or pretending that there won't be any more problems or that everything's going to work out just because it will. That's not faith. Faith is based on the goodness of God, which has already been revealed to us. It's not that God is asking us to believe in something that's impossible to believe in. He's given us evidence of his goodness, of his miraculous power. And, and, and then he tells us, well, based on what you already know and what you've already experienced, do you still live in terror about the future? This is the human condition. Though. It seems as if God just can't convince us that, we're, that, we're, that, that there's no reason for us to be terrified. Well, there are, there are reasons for us to be afraid. 
but we have greater reasons not to be afraid because of the presence of the Lord in our midst. The modern, the modern approach is, no, there is no, there is no God. So you can't, you can't hope for any solutions from God. Or they'll say, if there's a God, he's asleep. He's asleep in the boat, and he's not going to do you any good. So therefore, all your reasons for terror have no solution. Wrong. Wrong. Jesus was in the boat. He was there the whole time. And he had the power the whole time to solve the problem. It was that the apostles didn't turn to him. They didn't even ask him for any help. This is not a new problem. Let me look back to way back in the days of David. I'm not going to go to Psalm 51, which is the, the Psalm of Repentance. I'm going to go to a Psalm 107, which is a Psalm about people in crisis who call out to the Lord. Maybe you know this psalm. It's actually a, a great uh, a message from the Lord for every age which is caught up in terror. Why are you terrified? In Psalm 107, it's all about people calling out to the Lord. The first group that calls out to the Lord is the people lost in the desert. Some wandered in the desert and the wilderness, finding no way to a city they could dwell in. Hungry they were and thirsty, their soul was fainting within them. You might think of the refugees, a people of the immigrants, a people who are, who are fleeing war or, or fleeing poverty and left in this helplessness in the wilderness. Not, no food, no water. Why are you terrified? Because I'm lost in the desert. Then they cried to the Lord in their need, and he rescued them from their distress. The first category, the, 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 the people in the wilderness or in poverty. Second category, prisoners. Some lay in darkness and in gloom, prisoners in misery and chains. They're crushed by this affliction of, of, of being in prison. Now, we're not in prison, but any one of us can be imprisoned by fear or anxiety or imprisoned by sin or by addictions. Anyone can be imprisoned. Then they cried to the Lord in their need and he rescued them from their distress. He led them forth from darkness and gloom and broke their chains to pieces. Third category, sickness. Some were sick on account of their sins, afflicted on account of their guilt. They had a loathing for every food. They came close to the gates of death. We know how terrifying sickness can be, especially serious sickness, when you can't eat, you can't move, you can't even get a, a, an accurate diagnosis of what's wrong. It's, it's frightening. Then they cried to the Lord in their need, and he rescued them from their distress. Recognize the refrain here? For every condition that terrifies us, this answer is to call on the Lord in our need, and he rescues us from our distress. Fourth category, this is what applies to today's gospel. Some sailed to the sea in ships to trade on the mighty waters. These men have seen the Lord's deeds, the wonders he does in the deep. For he spoke, he summoned the gale, raising up the waves of the sea, tossed up to heaven, then into the deep, their soul melted away in their distress. You can imagine the apostles in this very condition. Tossed up to heaven, down into the deep. That's how big the waves were. They staggered, reeled like drunken men, and all their skill was gone. Uh, experienced fishermen, they can't, they can't control the boat in 
a storm this violent. They're staggering and like drunken men. What's the solution? Then they cried to the Lord in their need, and he rescued them from their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. All the waves of the sea were hushed. They rejoiced because of the calm, and he led them to the haven they desired. Okay, so that's what happened to the apostles after, well, hopefully after this gospel, when it says, after Jesus questioned them about their faith, they were filled with great awe and said to one another, who then is this? whom even wind and sea obey. Now, at that, when that psalm was written hundreds of years before Jesus, the psalmist and anyone of faith knew that the solution to what is terrifying is to call on the Lord in our need. The apostles should have known that lesson even more because it was Jesus himself in their, in their presence. And we, who have, ex who have the access to the Psalms and the whole Old Testament and to the Gospel and to so many accounts of God saving people in their need, we have all the more reason why we should be confident when we call in faith on the Lord when we are in need. So the question comes back to us, why are you terrified? Okay, we have lots of reasons. Do you not yet have faith? If we don't yet have faith, now is the time to call on the Lord in our need, to put our trust in the Lord, to recognize that he really is in the boat with us, that he has not abandoned us, and he's not falling asleep on us. He's powerful and he's good. Faith convinces us. Faith is the conviction that not only is God powerful and good, but he's with us, exercising his power and his goodness on our behalf. Now, how can we make that how can we make that leap? Not just because I'm telling you to, or because we read about it in the book, but because we ourselves have experience of the, of the Lord saving us. You have to use your own memory here. <laughs> have you ever been in a, in a crisis? Have you ever been terrified? Have you ever been through a difficulty, a sickness, and you came and you called out to the Lord, and you came out the other side and said, oh, the Lord saved me. Have you ever gone to confession? Confession is always an experience of being rescued from a storm. Sin, sin pattern, a crisis, you can't, who can rescue himself from sin? Go to confession, come out, the waves are calm, the wind is over, you're free. Okay, I want, I want to go on and on about that, but that's the case, we already know that the Lord is in our midst. We already have experience of him. Don't forget those experiences. Because when you, when you enter another storm and you're terrified again, you're, you're, you might forget the answer. The answer is to call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. We call on him every day in every storm, and he is with us. That's the response of faith. It's the conviction of faith. And that's what makes it possible for us to persevere, even though we do face real challenging, frightening situations. So it's not, we're not pretending that there's no problems. We're, we're recognizing that the answer to those problems, no matter how bad they are, is always the Lord. So we call on the Lord in faith, put our trust in him, and he rescues us in our need.